Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom's a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and they fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are gone out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they replied, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. And this is the word of the Lord. In 1987, PBS produced a 14-part documentary series called Eyes on the Prize. It documents the African-American struggle for civil rights in the USA. It is a great documentary, and it should be watched not only for its historical value, but for the persistence and dogged determination to press on to reach a goal that being recognized as equal citizens, to live with equal freedom, to live and thrive in this country. Though it was a fragmented movement, the relentless drive at all costs was and is inspiring. The movement had to be prepared for every obstacle and for every opportunity to reach that goal. For over a hundred years, this movement ebbed and flowed through our history to one day experience together with all Americans that mountaintop goal. Today I want that image of struggle and persistence and determination to be the backdrop against which we look at Jesus' parable about the ten virgins to help us keep our eyes on the prize. Jesus' parables since chapter 21 to the end of Matthew's gospel, deal with the end times, the second coming of Christ. Beginning with this one, they deal with judgment, judgment day as a reality, salvation or condemnation. We're fine with salvation, but when it comes to judgment, well, that sticks in our American craw, doesn't it? Our social ideology prides itself on equality and inclusion, no child left behind. In today's world, judgment between right and wrong, included or excluded, 
are forbidden values. Words of judgment and condemnation are forbidden vocabulary. But Jesus warned us from the beginning with God that the unjust and those who remain impenitent, those who refuse to follow the Messiah, will meet judgment and condemnation. Even for the most devout Christian, today's parable and the next three make us feel insecure. They may cause us fear. They make make us doubt. What they do is they make us to take account of our faith and our actions, our sincerity, our devotedness to follow Jesus. In both Jesus and Matthew's intent, however, is to prepare ourselves for Judgment Day. With vibrant faith, which fuels daily lives and relationships with others. You, and only you, are held accountable to be faithful both in your confession of Christ as your Savior and in leading a life of love and mercy fueled by faith. These next three parables are a call to be prepared and to not let your guard down in a world that will swallow you and your faith whole. It is Christ who overcomes fear and doubt, and you must keep your eyes on the prize and live your lives on him. He is the prize. The setting for this parable is the judgment day, as I've said, and accounting of faith and life. Judgment for those who do not follow Christ and a wedding feast for those who have been following Christ. Take note of the images used as we unfold them. They are important to you. The ten virgins is one of these images. Ten virgins with oil lamps are waiting for the bridegroom. Jesus uses the imagery of the typical Jewish wedding feast. It happens at night when it's cooler. Take note of our next image, the oil. It was common that invited guests prepare themselves with oil lamps in preparation to go out and welcome the bridegroom as he announces his arrival to the bride's house, either by trumpet or, in that time, ram's horn. Extra oil is brought in case the bridegroom is late in arriving. Take note of our third image, sleeping. The bridegroom is late. Nobody really knows at what time he will appear. So growing weary, the ten virgins fall asleep. In our next image is that five of these virgins are proven to be wise. And the other five foolish. But we do not know yet how or why. Let's begin to unpack some of these images. The virgins are all those who have believed in the Messiah, who have hungered and thirsted after God's love and mercy. The virgins bring their lamps, but they fall asleep. I can hear some of you thinking, yeah, I would have stayed awake and not risked running out of oil. They should have stayed awake. But even I sometimes fall asleep during Pastor Greg's sermons. Gosh, do I need a lamp? But the virgins weren't foolish because they fell asleep. Because even the wise virgins fell asleep. They all fell asleep. Did the virgins fall asleep because the bridegroom took so long to arrive? 
In part, yes. But the real reason was that it was inevitable. Our key to understanding this sleep is not why or how they fell asleep, but when they fell asleep. While Jesus prayed, the disciples, remember in the Garden of Eden, or Garden of Gethsemane, fell asleep. That's normal sleep, regular sleep. But in scripture, the image of sleeping is also used as a metaphor for physical death. When Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he referred to Lazarus as sleeping. Christians in the first century were concerned about two things within the first five, 100 years. We meet one of those concerns in this parable, and the other is met in the next parable, which will happen in two weeks. When will Christ return? That was the question. They anticipated him returning in their lifetime. As they saw the apostles and the disciples, their parents, their children falling asleep in Christ, they were concerned about their salvation and their loved ones' salvation. Will they be saved if they fall asleep? Will we be saved if we fall asleep before his return? Writing to the Thessalonians in our text for today, Paul says, For we tell you this by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not go ahead of those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout of command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now picture this. The virgins in our parable have fallen asleep. They have died. This now is judgment day and the dead are raised to judgment and or salvation. So sleep has nothing to do with being wise or foolish. Wise and foolish happened in their lifetime. When they were alive before they fell asleep. The key to understanding what is wise and foolish is to understand what went on before they died. In our parable, the wise virgins are those who have fallen asleep, having hungered and thirsted after the love and mercy of God. In their persistence and dogged determination, they pursued the goal of salvation, remaining faithful to Christ in their confession, and made use of every opportunity to follow him in their lives, even as they were persecuted for their faith. Oil. Our second image is faith. The wise virgin's relentless confession of faith and persistent struggle to remain faithful to the Lord despite the trials and persecution, their faith shone bright in their lamps throughout their lives. Although they had fallen asleep, they were prepared to meet their Savior. Their lamps were full of oil to the very end. Their lives fueled by their faith. The foolish virgins are those who may have hungered and thirsted at first, but like the seeds sown along the path that at once grew but were choked out by the lures and cares of this world, they gave up hope. They did not persist in their faith. In Scripture, the word foolish is used for those that do not obey the word of God, but rather follow their own mind 
resist being taught, accept no opinion but their own, and their lamps are without oil as they did not continue to follow or fuel their faith in life. They lived foolishly. They lived unprepared. And now a judgment day is too late for the foolish to refuel their lamps. The opportunity has passed. They might want to get into the wedding feast, but they need faith. Fuel for their lamps. And our last image in the parable are the vendors. The vendors are those apostles and disciples who, when alive, had called to repentance, had invited those who hungered and thirst for God's salvation. Their ministry has now ended. Their stores are closed. The time has passed. Neither can the wise versions supply the oil. Every person must live and continue to live and fuel their own faith on God's word during their lifetime. Sleeping, however, has an additional meaning. In scripture, the image of sleeping is also used as a metaphor for spiritual death. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he says to the Jewish leaders, you whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's bones. The exterior walls of tombs were painted white, but on the inside they were decay and death. The Jewish leaders only appeared to be righteous and holy, but they were spiritually dead. The five foolish virgins were not only physically dead, during their lifetime they had become spiritually dead. Unlike the civil rights movement's persistence to reach its goal, the foolish virgins did not keep their eyes on the prize, Christ their Savior, lured by hopes and promises of this world or facing persecution because of their faith or whatever the reason might be, they gave up following the Messiah. Long before they fell asleep, they became spiritually numb, spiritually dead. You know, during my childhood, my family used to watch The Wizard of Oz at Halloween time. That was the number one scary movie for us kids. In one scene, you see Dorothy running through the poppy field to get to the distant Emerald City. The fields are endless. Poppies are everywhere. The Wicked Witch of the West does not want Dorothy to make it. Over her cauldron and crystal ball, she encants, Poppies, poppies will put them to sleep. Sleep. Now they'll sleep. And under the narcotic weight of the poppies, Dorothy falls asleep far from her goal. Processing poppies, as you know, produces opium, a narcotic that causes sleepiness. We call it narcosis. That's where we get the word narcotics. In this case, spiritual narcosis, spiritual sleep, non-responsive to Christ's call, non-responsive to the Holy Spirit's leading. The Wicked Witch of the West is very much alive today and has been since the Garden of Eden, luring believers with all the self-medicating and doses of disorienting delicacies of this world it has to offer to make you feel, as Pink Floyd says, comfortably numb as you journey through life until you fall asleep. 
In a spiritual battle for your soul, this evil prince wants to prevent you from reaching the Emerald City, where you will be united with your bridegroom, our Lord Jesus. Are you comfortably numb in your faith and in your life? That's the question. Little by little, evil prince seeks to drain every bit of that oil from your lamp and leave it empty before it's your time. He wants to fill your lamp with promises of fortune and fame and wealth, distracting with luxury and bling, popularity, instant gratification, credit-facilitated wealth, living comfortably. And all this in time will burn out. All this in time will leave and take your eyes off the prize. So prepare yourself. Well, how? How do we keep that oil in the lamp? How does it remain fueled? Reading, studying God's word, fueling your faith in worship together with the other believers like yourself, and by living the flames of faith in your daily life. Don't be foolish. Paul writes to the Philippians and to you, keep your eyes on those who live as we do, he says in Philippians 3.17. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Eyes on the prize. Today is All Saints Day. We remember those Christians who have run the race whose lamps are full of oil, those who have fought the good fight and now have fallen asleep in Christ. Perhaps their faith has helped fuel your own lamp. Nearing his own death, Paul writes to Timothy, a young pastor, says, I have fought well the battle against Satan. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. That which remains is the crown of righteousness reserved for me. The Lord, the righteous judge, holds it in reserve for me until the day of his coming. And not merely me alone, but also to all who welcome his coming. Keep your eyes on the prize. Doggedly be determined to worship regularly in the fellowship with others like you who are persistent in the faith. Be unrelenting in your service of love and mercy, tireless troopers for Christ. You know, unlike you and me, Psalm 121 verse 4 says, The God of Israel never slumbers. He never sleeps. He is our sleepless, untiring, ever patient, ever merciful Lord whose word of salvation and forgiveness fuels your faith and strengthens your life. Or don't you listen to the words after communion when I say, and now may this body and blood strengthen and preserve you in the true faith from now unto life everlasting. That's persistence. That is oil for your lamp. That's the prize. Don't turn away. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.